Hello and welcome. Thank you everyone for joining us. Today we're joined by three of BayCare Clinic's fellowship-trained breast specialists to discuss the specialized services they provide and the impact these services have on patients in the community. Uh, we're joined today by Dr. Kari Adamson, fellowship-trained plastic surgeon with plastic surgery and skin specialist at BayCare Clinic. Dr. Natalie Lumen, a fellowship-trained breast surgeon with Aurora Baycare General and Vascular Surgery, and Dr. Jordan Toman, fellowship-trained diagnostic radiologist with Aurora Baycare Radiology. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So once again, I want to welcome all of you for being here. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time today. I want to start just by introducing our panel members today and give each of you an opportunity to um, talk about the specialized training that you have in your field. So um, let's start with you, Dr. Lumen. Could you tell us a little bit about you and your experience and, and what makes you sort of uniquely qualified to participate in this discussion today? Yes, um, so I'm a breast surgical oncologist, which means I'm the breast surgeon um, that primarily removes breast cancer, and I partner with the plastic surgeons for any reconstruction, usually afterwards. Uh, so in order to become a breast surgeon, uh, you first go through a general surgery residency. So after college, med school, then residency for general surgery, at which point some general surgeons also do breast cancer surgery, um, but some others are, if you're more specifically interested in specializing in breast cancer surgery, you can do a breast surgery fellowship, which is what I did. So I did general surgery at Beaumont Hospital Memorial of Michigan, and that was six years, and then a breast surgery fellowship at Northwestern in Chicago. So now I came up here, and I'm only doing breast cancer surgery in Green Bay. Dr. Tillman, I know you have some, some training as well. Can you talk a little bit about your experience? Yes, absolutely. I'm the breast radiologist at BayCare. So similar to what Dr. Lumen said her training was like, um, I did a five-year residency in radiology in which we learn the whole gamut of radiology from ultrasound to CT, and so we really can read everything, but the majority of radiologists will go on and do a special focused fellowship year um, in an area that they're interested in. And my area of interest was breast radiology. Um, so I did a one-year fellowship at the Mayo Clinic um, prior to coming to BayCare, um, where we did only breast, focusing on mammography, breast MRI, biopsies, and procedures. Um, and that's what I bring to the team. Fantastic. And Dr. Adamson, let's talk a little bit more about you and your specialized training as well. So I did six years of plastic surgery residency at Medical College of Wisconsin, and then I did a year of fellowship training at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, and that fellowship was in microsurgery, um, microsurgical reconstruction for cancer patients, so transferring tissue from one part of the body to another, and much of our um, patient population was breast cancer patients. Fantastic. So uh, again, each of you here today have chosen sort of breast services and women's health as your preferred area of practice. You've obviously gone through a lot of extensive training. I want to talk about what that means for the level of care that you can provide. So um, if each of you maybe have a few thoughts on that topic, and we can start with you, Dr. Lumen, again, can you talk about what that extra training just means for patients in the community? Yeah, so I think that extra training is really important um, so that we can offer our patients sort of the most up-to-date treatment in terms of surgical approach and also uh, adjuvant treatments such as radiation, chemotherapy, or any other medications they're going to take throughout their body. So all breast cancers are definitely not alike, and there's a lot of nuanced decisions that go into how the treatment is going to be approached. And I think having that extra training um, really lets patients um, get the best care that they can and also have, you know, the most cutting edge information and treatment. 
Yeah, and uh, Dr. Adamson, why don't you kind of weigh in a little bit too and sort of just what that expertise means as far as the care that you can provide um, patients. Dr. Lumen just sort of mentioned just the additional things that you've seen and encountered uh, in your training, but could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so with an extra year of dedicated training in one area, you're really getting a lot of experience very quickly. Um, and you're also seeing a lot of the complicated cases or more complex cases, um, patients who have unique scenarios. So you can bring that kind of experience to an area that might um, more you know, commonly see the routine patients. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Dr. Toman, just to elaborate a little bit on that, more so, because we're going to talk about the services that each of you provide individually, but um, what do you think, just from an impact standpoint, it has on the community to have all of you um, kind of throughout that process leading the way, so to speak? Well, I think we have a very, you know, talented team, um, and I personally think it's nice, not that the guys can't do it, but I think it's nice to have a female team um, treating what is, major you know, mostly female patients in our practice. Um, we can identify, I think, a little bit better. And so we have like this kind of group of female doctors. Um, and a lot of us, are, at least I'm already in my 40s and going through the same things, getting my own mammogram so that we can have a lot of empathy and we relate to what the patients are going through. Um, and then just having all of us having done the extra year where we've just been totally focused on the most up-to-date and current <laughs> breast care, I really brings a lot to breast cancer care and screening um, uh, to the Green Bay community. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That can sometimes make all the difference. And so we're going to dive more into that during our conversation today. Again, I want to thank all of you for taking the time uh, to be here. So we've had an opportunity to sort of get to know each of you a little bit. Um, we've learned a little bit about your background and your experience. Um, I'd like to speak directly with you, Dr. Toman, for a little bit just about the field of diagnostic radiology. And so we'll have, we'll say goodbye to Dr. Lumen and Dr. Adamson for just a moment. Um, and we'll focus sort of on this conversation um, a little bit more. So Dr. Toman, why don't we start, just tell me a little bit about your role in, in this process and in this breast health journey. When does someone encounter you and, and where do you kind of step in in the process? Yeah, thanks, Alicia. So I think if you look at radiology as a whole, oftentimes in most of radiology, a patient has seen their doctor and they just want to evaluate something with some kind of imaging, look for a problem, look for a follow-up. But in breast radiology, it's actually quite the opposite. And um, with the exception of some of our high-risk patients who see Dr. Lewin already and her clinic, um, typically I'm the physician that sees the patients and sometimes I just see their mammogram. I don't always see them, but um, I'm kind of the first physician that the patient will come into contact with when it comes to screening for breast cancer. So they'll come okay. in for their mammogram, you know, if it looks great, if it looks normal, we don't see anything suspicious, then, you know, they'll come back for the next year. Um, but if there is something concerning that I see, we do a more further in-depth evaluation. And if they need a biopsy, I do the biopsy. And then at that point, I'm referring them on to um, our surgical team or, you know, other physicians that may be needed. So I get to kind of see the patients first, whereas most radiologists see patients uh, sometimes not at all and um, just kind of as a side of their care. So I kind of like being... Um, just kind of in the center of all the breast care in that way. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a unique perspective because I think sometimes it does happen that way where a radiologist will read it and then kind of just pass the notes off, but you are very involved in the process. And, and 
I want to talk a little bit about some of those things that you're looking for. So what are you looking for when you're looking at a mammogram? And are there other imaging tests that you can kind of take advantage of, especially as it relates to breast care? In imaging, we have several different modalities or ways to look um, at parts of the body. So um, in breast, it, we can look at the breast with a mammogram, which is an x-ray, um, an ultrasound, um, which has you know, no radiation and um, is the very same tool we look at you know, babies in the womb and that sort of thing. And then we have a breast MRI where it's, it's different than a CT scan. There's no radiation. It's a magnet. You do go through that bore. Um, and that's used less often. But what we have found um, since the inception of mammography in the 1970s is that it's the best screening tool available. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, compared to most medical things, it's relatively inexpensive. It's uh, quick. You know, you come in for your appointment. They do a few views. It's non-invasive. Um, a lot of patients will argue that it's if I say it's not painful, they'll say it is. Like it, it can be uncomfortable to some patients, not others. It's just kind of a personal thing. But it's in, essentially a quick, easy, and, and inexpensive test that gives us a full look at the breast and has um, been proven to be you know, very sensitive for picking up um, breast cancers. So it's the, it's the best test we have currently. It is not perfect, um, especially in patients with dense breasts. Um, it it's not quite as good. It still should be uh, an exam that a woman gets, but we have started to add some other uh, imaging in for those patients so that we can get higher levels of detection of breast cancer. Yeah, and, and specifically, I know Dr. Lumen will talk about it a little later too, just the high risk breast cancer patients or the breast patients who maybe have more density, those kinds of things. What imaging tests are you guys using for, for those types of patients? Yeah, so I would say over the past five year to 10 years, we are starting to, instead of treating all patients as the same, we are starting to look, I mean, as the Human Genome Project has gotten finished and we're finding out more and more um, genetic mutations that make some patients at a much higher risk of breast cancer and other patients at an average risk, we are now kind of recommending different screening. So, you know, your best girlfriend might be just needing a mammogram every year because she has no family history and no genetic mutations that they know of in the family. Um, that woman would still have a one in eight chance of getting breast cancer in their lifetime. It's a very common cancer. So it, it just because you don't have a family history doesn't mean you shouldn't be screening. But, um, you know, you might just need a mammogram every year. Now, a patient that has either, a, you know, a BRCA, the breast cancer gene mutation, and a few other genes, or just a really strong family history, even if they don't have the breast cancer gene, we're, we're able to look at what their lifetime risk will be and Right now, the current recommendations, if you have more than a 20% lifetime risk for breast cancer, that you get not only a mammogram every year, um, but you also get an MRI. And so we're, we're starting to tailor our screening um, more appropriately to um, patients depending on their level of risk. Yeah, and I, I think you touched on it just a little bit too about, about radiology and those screenings and that, and that field sort of just being with the advancements being a more in integral part of this process, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So can you talk a little bit about the expanded role that radiology in general has taken in patient care, even throughout your career? Have you seen any of those changes? Yeah, I, I guess to answer that question, I mean, especially in, in breast, I mean, radiology has just advanced um, so much. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, MRI was almost non-existent 20 years ago. It was in its infancy. Um, so it's been, personally, just we're able to be so much more accurate. We're able to find things so much earlier. I mean, I'm especially just obviously tailoring this to breast cancer care. 
Um, but our imaging has gotten to be so good um, and uh, so precise um, that we are able to find, you know, very tiny, very early cancers. And um, we're able to help patients and get things diagnosed earlier. And, and it really does save lives, you know, as a result um, of our advanced technology. So I think that's the biggest impact that I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you talked about it a little bit. We we obviously want to talk about the just the collaborativeness that you have in the working relationship, particularly with Dr. Lewin and her team and other surgeons um, who handle with breast care. So we're going to bring um, Dr. Lewin back for this part of the discussion um, to just talk about sort of that collaborativeness that you guys have um, together and, and as teams in general. So welcome back, Dr. Lewin. Thanks for uh Taking a little break there, we're, well, we're glad you're back. Um, I just talked to Dr. Toman about sort of the role that radiology plays in the, in the diagnostics, but I want to dive further into sort of the relationship and the working relationship that your teams have together. Um, so a mammogram or an imaging test can really be the first step in finding any potential problems. Um, why is that so important, Dr. Lewin, from, from your perspective? Um, so screening mammograms are so important from my perspective because they can give us so many more options for treatment, um, for surgery, and then the other treatment that goes along with breast cancer if we find something early. So something that might not be palpable yet or causing a change in your breast, but something that's only picked up on your screening mammogram um, when it's, you know, the size of a pea or sometimes even smaller than that, um, gives us a lot more options for treatment and also... Um, a better prognosis for patients when something is super tiny and not very advanced yet. So we're working yeah. with um, the radiology department, you know, multiple times a day, communicating with them. We know, you know, the staff so well because we're calling back and forth, trying to arrange testing for people, you know, on a more expedient basis and also kind of just asking questions. So what did you think about this and um, the location of things that also help guide, you know, our surgical planning. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that too, because I think sometimes, people look at maybe healthcare in such a linear way where it's like, okay, now you've done radiology. Now we're moving you on to the surgical side, but it really is more of a back and forth. Can, can either of you, I guess, weigh in on, on what that's like and what that means for, for patient care? Um, I, I want to mention, and I'm not sure if every patient that comes to Baycare knows this, but um, because we have this great team of all fellowship trained breast specialists, you know, we meet every week and any patient that's been diagnosed with any cancer or any kind of atypia or something that may, you know, that needs to go to surgery, we all meet together as a team um, weekly. And, you know, Dr. Lumen, myself, the radiation oncologist, anyone that would be involved in the patient's care, and we together come up with the best tailored plan based on all of our experience, um, any current research articles, and um, we all discuss the, you know, what's going on with that patient, um, and, and we just develop a plan of care together. So there is quite a team-based approach that may not be apparent to the patient who is going from one appointment to the other, um, but we all know that patient um, you know, very intimately, and we discuss, and like Dr. Lumen said, we call, and uh, Dr. Lumen will call me and say, hey, can you pull up that patient's mammogram again? There's one other thing I wanted to like, ask you about, and we just we do these discussions in the hospital, even when we're not in different rooms, and then also on this weekly basis. Um, for patients that are going um, through breast cancer treatment. Yeah, I think that can make such a difference. And uh, I want to talk specifically too then about, about your role as a surgeon, um, Dr. Lumen. So, so once you've gotten the sort of notes or the, the specific points about a 
particular case, what is what is your role in in the breast journey for these for these people? Yeah, as Dr. Thoman mentioned, um, she's usually the first physician that a patient uh, comes in contact with. And sometimes she doesn't always see them face-to-face, but just might just see their mammogram or do their biopsies. So she would see them face-to-face at that point. Um, and then we have a nurse navigator in the uh, breast department, and she really does a phenomenal job. You know, we are chatting with each other all day long amongst ourselves, but also coordinating with our nurse navigator. Um, so she's a, a big resource for patients. And usually the next person that will contact a patient after they have a positive diagnosis of cancer. So once our nurse navigator makes um, that phone call, she sets up an appointment with me. And so I'm the surgeon, but I also try to stress to people that there's going to be multiple physicians involved in their care. So they do see me first because that's usually the first step in treatment. Um, And I try to give them a good overview of, you know, how the whole course of their treatment is going to go, though. So we we do talk about surgery and our surgical plan, but I also kind of go over the picture globally of what their diagnosis is and what their specific um, attributes of their cancer are and how that's all going to interplay into their their journey for the rest of their treatment. Yeah, and, and I know that as a surgeon, you obviously have different options to present to patients, and it may depend on, on their specific case in general, but how do you decide what procedure is best, and is that part of that collaborative care that Dr. Tillman just mentioned, where you're kind of all talking about the case and, and deciding maybe the best recommendations and that kind of thing, or how does that flow yes. for patients? So our first determination is, you know, what type of cancer is this and how big it is and what can we offer the patient in terms of minimally invasive surgery or more maximally invasive. So we're going to have a recommendation about what's safe from a cancer perspective. You know, if it's a very large tumor, we can't necessarily save the breast, then we're going to recommend a bigger surgery. Uh, If it's a smaller tumor, um, you know, they have more options, which is why the screening mammogram is important. If it's a smaller tumor, we can maybe just do a partial mastectomy or a lumpectomy. Um, with some other treatment after that. And so first and foremost, we're communicating, you know, with Dr. Toman and then Dr. Adamson too from plastic surgery, you know, what options can we give this patient with their specific cancer size and location? Um, and then once we determine, you know, what, what a good recommendation or what their options are, then I go to the patient and say, you know, this is what you can do um, and really kind of talk about the pros and cons with them. So all patients come in, you know, with a, a different expectation of what they're going to want. You know, some people may have a very, very small cancer and they come in and say, no matter what, I want bilateral mastectomies, which is fine. And, you know, that's their option. Um, so um, other patients, you know, definitely, um, you know, come in with wanting a smaller surgery. And as long as their cancer is favorable and we think we can safely um, give them that option, then they have that choice as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think a perfect segue too, because you just brought it up. So I do want to bring Dr. Adamson back into the conversation. Um, as a reconstructive surgeon, she obviously comes in uh, with a different role and a different uh, part of this care plan. So um, welcome back, Dr. Adamson. Thanks for, for taking a little break there. We've just talked with Dr. Toman and Dr. Lumen about the services that they provide. But I think it would surprise people, actually, just from a reconstructive standpoint, um, you know, your role in the process and and how early that actually takes place. So can you talk a little bit about your role in a person's breast cancer journey and and where you come in in the process also? So I'm the one who will really talk through in detail all of the reconstructive options for the patient. And typically I'll meet with patients um, pretty shortly after they meet with Dr. Lumen. Um, not always if, if my services aren't needed um, in the near future, but 
Often that um, knowing their reconstructive options can also help guide their decision on what type of cancer surgery that they're going to choose. Um, so I, you know, happy to meet with patients early and then really follow them along throughout their course, throughout their recovery, and then yearly, sometimes for life. Yeah, and I think I think that that's so important, and, and it kind of goes back to what Dr. Tillman was saying, just about how all of you are sort of meeting about a person's care very, very early on in the process and deciding, you know, best recommendations. So can um, we talk just a little bit more about that and how it's sort of just this this collaborative type care for each individual patient? And I don't know if Dr. Adamson, you want to chime in on that as far as. Um, your role in that process too, but you're obviously looking at recommendations for, for after any surgery that may happen um, from Dr. Lewin's team and that kind of thing. So can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah, um, I would agree that we are really all communicating about the patients. I also like to participate in the multidisciplinary cancer conferences um, so I can weigh in um, or ask any questions that I might have. And um, I'm often talking with Dr. Lumen before surgery. Um, I should say always talking with her before surgery about where we're going to be placing incisions, what we're thinking is needed after the fact, what other treatments are going to be part of the journey. Um, so I really um, communicating with radiation oncology and looping the patient in throughout the process. So we're all communicating uh, frequently. Yeah, I think something that some patients don't realize too, and um, you know, if a patient is opting for a mastectomy, I always give them that option of reconstruction or not. And if they're, you know, at all interested, I encourage them to meet with Dr. Adamson to find out, you know, their options. Um, and I think that a lot of times they're surprised to learn that we are doing the first stage of their reconstruction at the time of their cancer surgery at their mastectomy. So we actually operate together definitely at the first stage. So I will do any surgery to remove the breast then check the lymph nodes. And then while the patient's still asleep, Dr. Adamson does the first stage of that reconstruction or sometimes the only stage depending on what our plan is. Um, so, you know, we're in the operating room together for that first step. Yes, definitely. Um, and even for patients sometimes who are having a lumpectomy, if we're expecting that there might be a divot or a little contour deformity, um, I also meet with those patients before surgery because there are some procedures that we can do to prevent that or um, correct it after the fact. Yeah, and I want to talk about some of those options because it does differ depending on what the patient has decided from a reconstruction standpoint. So, um, Dr. Adamson, could you talk a little bit about the options that, that you can provide for patients in this area and, and, and maybe how you just help them decide um, sort of what's right for them? So there are a lot of options. Um, so the options that I sort of mentioned for lumpectomy include doing a breast lift or breast reduction, um, and I can help move the tissue into the area that uh, tissue was removed and do the same thing on the other side for symmetry. For patients who are having a mastectomy, there are two main options, using implants or using your own tissue. And for that case, I often like to use a deep flap using the tissue that we would normally throw away in a tummy tuck um, and using that tissue to build breasts with, with um, your own fat and skin if needed. Um, as far as how we decide, a lot of that is up to the patient. Um, some of it is determined by just their body type, um, any other medical issues that they might have, um, and whether they need radiation uh, or they've already had radiation. Yeah. 
I do want to talk about because I do think that it would be surprising for some patients to know that that all of these physicians and their sort of continuum of care are talking, but um, that hasn't always been the case, I don't think. So, Dr. Adamson, from a reconstruction standpoint, what is the um, impact on the patient, I guess, being involved so early and, and not necessarily having to kind of come back a few years or, or months later to kind of do this thing? What is the what is the impact on the on the care and their recovery if you're you're involved in the conversations right from the beginning? I think it's helpful for the patient to know what to expect, um, even if I'm not coming into the um, picture early on as far as surgery. Um, but oftentimes I am, and so patients are definitely um, often pleased if they can wake up and have uh, breast reconstruction already. Um, but I, I think it's just important for patients um, to have the choice to have breast reconstruction. Um, and for those who want it, often feel more like themselves, feel more normal, can wear their normal clothing or swimsuits and just go about their daily life without um, a constant reminder of their cancer. Um, so when we meet, even if the, their reconstruction won't be complete for a year, just being able to anticipate and know what to expect is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's sort of just a great opportunity for us to, to segue into sort of the comprehensiveness and, and, and what that means for patient care um, because of the specialists that we have here at Baycare Clinic. Um, I do want to remind everyone just before we do that, though, that we are taking live questions. So if you have questions for our panelists today, please go ahead and put those in the comments. Um, we'll go ahead and take some live questions and answer them here during the live broadcast if you have them. Um, so we've kind of spoken to all of you just a little bit more about the individual process and things that you provide during a breast health journey. But I want to kind of sort of reiterate again what the collaborative um, environment is like for you guys and, and what that means for patient care. So um, can we talk a little bit more about that conversation or those conversations that you have? I know you, uh, Dr. Coleman, you mentioned that everyone meets weekly. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that and, and just kind of rehash what that means um, from, from your perspective, what you guys are involved in week to week? So it's, you know, it's just been shown that, um, that having physicians, you know, together and discuss every patient rather than each physician having their own plan and not coordinating with another doctor involved, um, it can lead to, you know, at the worst, you know, medical errors that we don't want to have happen or um, just the continuity of care. Um, would be not optimal. Um, so uh, just getting together and having, before we even proceed with what we're going to treat the patient with, um, having this weekly meeting, make sure that all the physicians are on board and then we all have the same plan to present to the patient. I know that some patients probably uh, have had experiences where they are seeing one physician who's saying one thing and another physician that's saying another thing. And I think by doing these weekly meetings, you know, we have a team-based approach um, for the patient and all of us are on board. It makes things uh, less confusing for the patient. It makes things more streamlined. And it's just, I think it's the best way to deliver care. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it just briefly, Dr. Lumen. I know you've had um, some thoughts too, just on, yes, this impacts a patient's recovery physically, but talk about that mental aspect of things too. You know, a breast cancer diagnosis is not something to take lightly. So they're obviously going through some things already. Can you talk about what that comprehensive approach means for patients just from a, from a stress level and a mental aspect of, of the process? 
Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, as we talked about, it's important for the uh, for their care and making sure they're getting the best care. But from a patient perspective, when they come in um, and meet with me after first getting their diagnosis, you know, they have so many questions and there's so much to learn um, and, you know, so many things on their plate at that time. And it's really hard to comprehend all that and making sure that you're going to do the next steps in the correct order in a timely fashion. So I think um, actually we know that patients have so much relief after that visit, when they meet with us, when they know that we have this navigator and we're all talking and that they just need to kind of, you know, answer their phone and we'll contact them and schedule everything for them and make sure that things happen in a timely manner and um, the appropriate workup and treatment gets done. So we actually give our patients um, a distress sheet when they come in, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? So we can sort of assess what other sort of interventions we should do if they need um, some anxiety medications or something like that. Um, and then we also give them that same sheet when they leave our clinic. And most of the time patients indicate that they just feel so much more reassured and, you know, comfortable that, you know, they're not going to get lost in the system and there's going to be someone help guiding them through this process. That's fantastic. Um, I want to reiterate again, because I do think it's special that we have, um, so many breast specialists on our team and, and Dr. Adamson, Maybe you can take this one too. Just talk about what the difference that means in their care and and the level of service that they have available to them um, by seeing sort of people in this comprehensive program. Yeah, I think that um, you know it's great that they have so many doctors, all very specialized in their care, but can also know that we are all talking to each other, that they can really come to any of us with any question. And even if we're not the right person to contact, we'll find the answer for them and we'll make sure that we communicate that with the other providers. Um, so I think that is really important about a multidisciplinary program, um, knowing that the patient isn't going to get lost um, that they're always at the center of the care and that we're really trying to do the best thing for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have all talked about it, um, just the impact that that has on outcomes and those kinds of things. But um, immediately, I think when people hear cancer, they automatically think worst case scenario. But I want, Dr. Lumen, maybe you can just weigh in a little bit on sort of what this process means and what you've seen as far as outcomes and, and how you can alleviate some of those concerns upfront just based on the program that we have in place. Um, yeah, I think, you know, outcomes are definitely improved when we're all talking together, things are getting streamlined. Um, you know, we have guidelines about when we wanna be doing our first form of treatment, whether it be chemotherapy or surgery. Um, and it's so much easier in a system like this to get patients in to see the right people when we can just message each other, call each other and say, hey, I know you're busy today, but we really need to get this person in. Do you mind you know, seeing them early or seeing them at the end of the day, which we do all the time, So, um, which can definitely make an, out, an impact in a patient's outcome if they're not waiting three or four weeks unnecessarily um, when we can get them in sooner to have an extra biopsy or an extra look at something or whatever we need to have done. That's fantastic. I, I think the outcome of patient care is, is something that um, we obviously wanted to touch on today. And I think that you all have done that. Is there anything else that you guys want to add just about the program or about um, what patients can sort of expect if they if they are seeing a specialist here at Bay Care Clinic? 
I think the only thing I wanted to say is it's just really nice working with people who are easy to talk to and who I like to talk to. Um, so working in a group of great people um, and a lot of great women really makes it easy to communicate well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wonderful. I want to thank you all again for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate us being able to get this information out there for people. Again, Dr. Kari Adamson is a fellowship trained plastic surgeon with plastic surgery and skin specialist by Bay Care Clinic. Uh, Dr. Natalie Lumen is a fellowship trained breast surgeon with Aurora Bay Care General and Vascular Surgery. And Dr. Jordan Toman is a fellowship trained diagnostic radiologist with Aurora Bay Care Radiology. Ladies, thank you again for being here. Uh, if you do have additional questions, again, ask them in the comments below. And to learn more about Big Care Clinic, please visit bigcare.net.